Welcome to episode five of SEO on Demand. I'm Katie Frank, and I am the digital marketing copywriter at Page One Power. And I'm Natalie Thomas. I'm a content writer and strategist. And we're going to talk about zero search volume keywords. And we're going to talk about why you should target them, the benefits, and also strategies that you can take away today. So what are zero search volume keywords other than a mouthful? So these are keywords that uh, don't have any search volume, just like the name says. They're typically longer than keywords with high search volumes and are extremely specific. Longer, I mean like literally more words. They're technically um, under the, they could technically be called long tail keywords. And so typically they're going to be five to seven, even 10 words instead of those like high volume keywords that you see that are like two keywords, three keywords. Like an example would be like link building has hundreds of thousands of searches. It's very short, it's very high volume, and it's dominated by huge agencies, popular publications, and generous amounts of PPC ads. But if we narrow that search term down, we find that the competition gets lighter and lighter. For example, it could be link building strategies for X industry or link building strategies for this type of business. As you get more specific in your query, the search volume goes down and down because less people are searching for that. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they're not valuable, right? So it just means that um, those companies are not targeting those lower search volume keywords. And so this is a space where like smaller businesses can dominate with little, little to no competition. I wanted to make sure to clarify that even though a lot of the time these show up as zero volume in search tools, that doesn't necessarily mean that they actually are in reality, which is something we'll get to later in the discussion, but uh, different search tools will um, show different search volumes. So these are um, refer to not only um, keywords that might just not currently have any search volume at all, but also just may show up in whatever um, search tool you're using as zero search volume, whether that's the exact reflection of reality or not. Right. So that kind of brings me on to like the next question is when we're using keyword planners and trying to figure out our keywords and do our strategy and whatnot, can we really trust those tools? So yeah, as I kind of touched on me, um, can differ quite a lot from tool to tool. They might be getting data from different places or they may, may use different ways of processing and organizing that data. They may have different ways of um, presenting that data. So yeah, they can differ in a lot of different ways, especially because this information can be a little bit of a challenge for them to really gather and process correctly because Google isn't completely masked off with that exactly. So um, they have to take different avenues to do that and they won't necessarily want to share all of their um, strategies for doing that with each other. Um, so while one search tool may show um, that something has zero keyword volume, another might say that it has 50. So, so how can people use those keyword planners then to their advantage? They're definitely still useful. Um, they, of course, are for things that are actually showing search volume. 
but for zero search volume, a lot of the time the keywords are still listed, um, even if it says zero. And the reason they might be listed even though it says zero is because a lot of the time it's an average. For example, SEMrush is an average of like the past 12 months. So basically what that's saying is that it's zero for, it might not currently have search volume, but didn't past, or it um, may be the case that the average for the year is below 10, which is the lowest amount they show for search volume. Mm. The average is below 10 it technically there is still search volume it's just not listed okay let's move on to the benefits of targeting zero search volume keywords so what are what are a couple of benefits natalie the first benefit is that um there's much less competition for these keywords of course the first keywords the businesses are going to go for like the big boys <laughs> like best item <laughs> yeah. keywords. and it's important to compete for those but um these long tail keywords with really, really low search volume can be a great way for smaller businesses to kind of get a leg up over the competition. And it not only allows them to operate in a less competitive space, but it also allows them to um, target more high value customers potentially because mm -hmm. targeting these very, very specific long tailed queries, um, often the consumers looking for a very specific thing or a very specific piece of information. And so if you're the only person that is answering that question and they're looking for something very, very specific, you could potentially get not only a customer who's, well, you could not only like build brand awareness and um, give them good information or make them aware of your product, but you're a little bit more likely to get the conversions that you want because you have exactly what they're looking for. Mm. Yeah. So these targeting like that, right, that correct audience with these long tail keywords, you could potentially get instead of thousands of people looking at your blog, you could get potentially like a handful of super qualified people that are ready to convert. That's definitely a benefit. <laughs> and I think that's something that a lot of people like overlook is that they're like, oh, it's obviously not going to give me a lot of traffic, but it's the type of traffic that these keywords bring in that's more important than the volume. Yeah, it's interesting because I think marketers know that about traditional marketing, but I think for some reason when it comes to SEO, they completely forget that element <laughs> of like right. concerned about like getting the most visibility, but also making sure that you're targeting really qualified customers. Yeah, I I agree. I think that, you know, coming from the marketing side too, you're like, you know, you just want, you want those eyeballs. You want those, you know, your content to reach as much people as possible, but all in all, you're selling something. You're trying to sell a product or a service. And so if you can get those highly qualified people to your blog, that's definitely a much bigger benefit than getting like thousands of people that are like, great content. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about that is if you start building that really qualified customer base, um, that might actually help your ability to compete more effectively for those larger, like those larger um, volume keywords down the line. That's so true. I think that brings me to like the benefit that I found was like generating more traffic that way. So say you say you're a business that is like killing it at targeting those high volume keywords and you're like, 
guess my job is done. You can use these lower volume keywords to like reach a whole new audience or generate more traffic than you ever thought before, because those people may not even be searching for those high volume keywords. Yeah. You know, so this is not, so like, it's not only a benefit for like smaller businesses that are trying to compete, but like bigger businesses as well that are like, well, where else can we get people? I found this really interesting stat that, I mean, it's uh, that uh, 15% of queries in Google have never been asked before. Yeah, I saw that and I was really shocked. <laughs> yeah, and so it was just interesting. There's queries that people haven't even thought of yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you ride those trends and you kind of see where these trends are going, you could be on the forefront of these queries before people even think to ask them. Yeah, that, that statistic really is crazy. I'm Honestly, it's something that I never even thought about. I'm like, of course, but like reading it, I'm like, of course there's queries that people haven't even thought of because there's products being and services being made every day. Like, I think the cool thing is like using Google Trends and like looking at impressions and you can really kind of forecast that and use these even use these low volume keywords, even though they don't have a bunch of, you know, volume yet, they will. Yeah. I think that's another place where someone could really benefit from thinking of it through a traditional marketing lens. Like if you are trying to figure out what questions haven't been asked yet or are rarely asked, um, just sort of building a customer prototype. Mm-hmm. Like, in their shoes and saying like what might they be asking especially if it's really relevant to our product so that we can get those really specific long tail keywords that um they might have asked yet but they probably will soon (laughs) yeah and i think also just like if you're targeting that keyword that has zero search volume odds are like they're not being targeted by any other business Mm -hmm. and stuff and so those customers are like they need they have a need and they're and you can be the one to fill that gap I think someone working on the strategy might be kind of tempted to do these as kind of a throwaway blog. Like, okay, well, I guess we'll do a few of these. But I think it's important that if you do attempt to go for these um, really low search volume, long tail keywords are really specific. It's all the more important to make sure that the content you write is extremely detailed and helpful because that's what's really going to seal the deal The deal on any highly qualified, highly qualified uh, customers you get is that you're going to be not only the one site actually answering this question, but answering it really, really thoroughly. And mm-hmm. that's important for this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause like, no matter if it's a zero search volume keyword or if it's getting thousands of vo- whatever in volume, Google still places a high importance on quality content. And so just because this, these may be low hanging fruit keywords or whatever you'd like to call them, it doesn't mean that you can just say, oh, here's the answer and then throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to even further contextualize information about that might poise your product or service as the answer. Like, hey, um, if you're looking for a product to serve to, um, serve the purpose you're looking for, then what this product should look like. Of course, not saying that you should make it into like a low funnel marketing piece, but like kind of explaining, really explaining in detail, especially if it's something that's um, giving actionable advice 
mm-hmm. that's related to your product or service, then that's another way you can really sort of um, demonstrate the value of your product or service in this space. Yeah, really good point. Let's take a quick break. Sign up for a free 30-minute SEO consultation from our expert consultants by clicking the link in the description. They can answer questions like, what keywords should you target? Do you need linkable content? And how do you compare to the competition? Need more information? Visit us at page1power.com. Let's get back to the episode. How to find the best keywords. So there are a few ways to go about this. One, of course, is SEO keyword research. The holy grail. <laughs> so basically the first step that you wanted that you want to take is finding the right keywords and knowing what people are searching for. This is where you know your keyword planner tools come back into play or knowing what searcher intent is and understanding, okay, what is the problem that my customers are trying to solve and how can my service or product help that help solve that problem? So you want to look for very specific long tail keywords. Like we said, they're going to have less search volume. They're less competitive, but they are so easily dominated with the right content. A couple ways to do this. If you don't want to use keyword tool planners, you can actually use just Google itself. So you can use the people also ask section in the search engine result page. If you type in a query and you come to the result page, if you scroll down, there's that box of questions that people also ask. You can use those and kind of almost go down like a rabbit hole of all these queries that are related to each other. And you can find some really good long tail keywords in there because they just keep getting more specific and more specific as you click into it. You can also use Google auto suggest. And this was an interesting one that I looked into because a lot of, um, it was called like the ABC method. So like, If you have a query, Google automatically completes it. You're like, okay, that's what people are searching for. Great. But if you're really using it as like a method to look for keywords, you can be like product or service A and then see what all comes up or like product or product and service B and then like see what comes up. I don't know. It was just like a really interesting way to look for keywords like without a keyword planner. So and sometimes sometimes there might be something in there that like, like you said, those keyword planners haven't haven't got yet because of the data that they're collecting. Yeah, there's definitely room for them to overlook things, lots of room. So yeah, auto-suggest is a really great tool to use and it's, you don't have to pay for it. It's in Google already. Like you don't even have to flip to the other page. And then you can also use the regular expressions filter on Google Search Console. That one also allows you to see what people are searching. You can figure out the relevant keywords, how people are saying it. Yeah. And then the other element of that is not only searching for the keywords, but just keeping in mind the entire time that it's really important that um, whatever you do, it's highly relevant to your audience. And I think this is another aspect where kind of like I, like I talked about earlier, it's important to, this is another place where you can kind of 
um, flex any traditional marketing skills and just really knowing your audience, know where to find them, know how to reach out to them and get um, feedback from them. Anything that'll make you understand what they want, what they're looking for better, you know, even just creating sort of a customer prototype. I think that this is not only something that you can learn from, you know, looking at keyword planner tools, but also using um, a little bit of intuition um, about your audience as you know them. It's also really important to know not only what the keywords are and the queries are, but also exactly what the audience means by it, because you don't want to write a lot of content that, or you misunderstand what they're even looking for, <laughs> or if it's an audience that is say, asking this question and you've wrongly assumed that it's um, related to your niche. That would be the worst. <laughs> yeah, and uh, again, there's a lot of ways that you can find out more information about your audience. And also that search may lead you to learn about some more related keywords that you aren't even really aware of when you start. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that a lot of people like overlook because I don't know, it's such like a, this method is, it's very casual. There's not a ton of formality to it, but like looking at forums and looking at social media and seeing what people are talking about there. Yeah. And while like, it's not the end all be all of, okay, this is my query. I found it in a forum. This was the title, but it definitely can lead you to like, okay, people are really excited about this topic. What can I find? And it really relates to my service. So what can I, what keywords can I find that are specific to this topic? Quora, Reddit, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those are really great tools to just digest what people are going through and like what people what posts are trending what posts are going viral um looking in those comments and seeing what other people bring to the table and you're like okay yeah like totally get it now i get i have like five ideas for content yeah and an added benefit of this is doing this kind of research you might find that you've been targeting the wrong audience all along or that mm -hmm. there's an uh extra uh, like another demographic that you overlooked and can add to that or maybe there's a demographic that you thought would be valuable but just aren't as much so as you thought so that can help you like shift your overall marketing strategy to be um more yeah useful. yeah <laughs> it's the worst thing to be like oh i have all of these great keywords and then you're like that's not even my audience yeah, no one cares <laughs> right no one cares <laughs> So that brings me to the third way that um, to, you know, find these keywords is using related keywords. So not everybody searches the same way, right? You know, you know, they all ask questions in a different way. So searching for these related keywords can help you stay on the right track for intent. Um, it can also even open up more avenues for topics and for understanding what people are really searching for what people want answers to and even like guiding your thoughts on similar topics. Google often suggests related searches when you type in a query. So that's like a great place to start. Um, so I would suggest typing your main keyword into Google and then seeing what suggestions come up. All right. So let's, let's move on to some strategies. Let's give these people some actionable advice here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One um, that I think is really interesting. Um, you touched on it a little bit with looking into forums. I think that that's a lot more useful than a lot of people think. And I 
think that it gets overlooked to a degree because it feels a little bit less, um, I don't know, formal than looking at something like a keyword planning tool. But again, like we talked about, those um, keyword planning tools aren't, like, they definitely have gaps they can make, mm -hmm. like, um, and it's sort of making projections based on past trends. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they can be less effective for current or rising trends. But I think that um, if you want to look at like forums like Quora or Reddit, they can be fantastic for that, especially in niches like maybe something like um, information about credit cards. Look up anything about um, if you want to know something about a credit card for the most part, as soon as you type that into Google, it's such um, a lucrative industry that all you're going to get is like 20, the first 20 pages of Google are just going to be a wall of affiliate links, basically. Yeah. Get Buy my credit card. Get my credit card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really frustrating. So I know people with something like that, they'll often be like, oh, this is too frustrating and just um, type in the same query, but with Reddit at the end. So um, like, okay, I'm going to go ask some actual people. <laughs> so, um, it can be hugely useful um, to go to relevant Reddit um, communities or posts, like, like credit cards, maybe like r slash finance or something like that. Because, yeah, you're going to find some of those more specific questions. You're going to be able to find maybe some questions that people are just starting to ask. You can, a lot of the time, even in the About tab, they'll have extra resources, um, like, hey, these are questions people have asked in the past, or questions we get a lot. Um, you can sort it by, like, top comments or new comments and stuff. There's a lot of really valuable tools that you can take advantage of on Reddit and similar forums, for sure. Yeah, and I think I think it's important to note too that like you don't have to use one or the other. You don't have to use just the forum or just the keyword tool planner. Yeah. You can use them together. So like what I would do is I would go to Reddit first and look at what's trending, look at what people are asking and then use the keyword tool planner to be like what are some keywords that are associated with this? Yeah, that's how I would use that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's Definitely should be useful because <laughs> the more you look at different ones, the more they're going. You're going to see the ground that's um, not covered by one, maybe covered by the other. So yeah. So what's another strategy that the audience could hmm. utilize? One thing that I use for building any kind of content in any circumstance, but it's especially important, I think, for this is um, just think about your product and what problem it can solve, your product or service or whatever it may be. And try to be open-minded about how it can solve a variety of issues. Like once again, this is kind of like what we were talking about where you might find out your audience isn't what you think it is. Um, <laughs> sometimes you might want your product to be used um, a certain way or think that like it's going to be innovative for a certain reason, but you could be wrong and it's important to be flexible in that sense um, so you don't sort of shoot yourself in the foot or limit yourself unnecessarily. So um, yeah, first think about what your product or service is and then maybe brainstorm a little bit about problems it could solve, especially if you're in a certain campaign trying to serve a particular audience or anything like that. Um, particularly think about how it could solve problems for that particular audience. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you want to make sure that you're targeting the right people. If you're a painter for houses, you don't want to be targeting people who are trying to buy like art. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. um i think an interesting like strategy that you can use with these zero search volume keywords i think like capitalizing on these like buying terms i think that's a really cool way to capture some of those higher qualified customers so like these are like keywords like that have like best in them or like top or versus because they're the people who are searching for that are already in the mindset of like, okay, I want to buy, I want to buy this now convince me. <laughs> so, and I think too, like when you target those, um, those types of keywords, like best mattresses, like best mattresses, that's still a really high volume keyword. But if you get like super specific about it, like best mattress for sideline sleepers or like best mattress for people with back pain, then you can really, really focus in on those people that are like, this is a specific problem to me, you know? And if you get like 10 people that buy a mattress from it, depending on how expensive your mattresses are, you're like, there you go. There's my return. There's my ROI. There's my return on investment. So I think that's a really interesting strategy to utilize. And I think it's a really easy one to make content for. Yeah. Um, something else I was just thinking of that we haven't covered yet is that um, that kind of goes along with what we talked about already about looking for related keywords as well. Mm-hmm. Is um, we had mentioned that you really want to make sure that you create thorough, in-depth content. But some of these long tail, really specific, low search volume keywords, there isn't a lot to say about them necessarily. Sometimes you can answer the question legitimately and perhaps like four or five sentences. And if that's really the case, if you can't think of more relevant context that the user will actually care about, um, another way you could handle that is to make it just a section in a larger article. And that may be particularly a useful strategy if you can find a lot of um, related relevant keywords. You could essentially, you could maybe make a listicle, like common questions people have about how this works or um, you could structure it in a variety of ways. Just um, that could be a way that you could expand an article that maybe seems like it wouldn't really have a lot of depth if you just went with that one long tail keyword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jumping off of that, actually, it's, um, you know, working with the marketing department and working on web pages instead of like specific content pages. Um, oh, you can put those long tail keywords in your FAQs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, and those can rank. We've had, you know, we've, we've had at page one power, we've had FAQs rank for some of these keywords. And so that's a really cool way too. you know, if it's on your, if it's on a service page or something, and like you have a long tail keyword, you can just put it in there and Google will index it and crawl it. And if it's good, then they'll rank it, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty easy way. And so that way, you know, you're not making this 1500 word article about this, you know, this query that you're like, well, I answered it in the first sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what else can I ramble on about? Yeah. But you can actually, it can just be that one section, those two sentences, 
And if it answers it really, really well, like you said, boom, you're done. You did it. Yep. Accomplished. Accompli- mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> it can be really useful for if you're just really trying to expand your content in a certain area and you're kind of running out of room and then you know you're just kind of looking at your keyword planner tool and you've kind of been saying oh well these have zero search volume so and i've covered everything else well it is potentially useful to go ahead and cover those so yeah totally and i think that's really true with like new topics and everything and also new niches yeah. that come up and i think like A good example is like in the travel industry. (laughs) I feel like new niches in the travel industry are like popping up all the time. And so when you find one that's like, oh, that actually is relevant to me and it's trending now, using those long tail keywords, people are going to be asking so many questions about like, what is this? Like how to, and and trying to understand it. Like, is this for me? Like what type of traveler should I be if I want to do this? And I think, um using those low volume keywords in a new niche like that it's a great way to help build awareness and to quickly become an authority yeah. in that niche yeah for the same reason it's probably a really useful um strategy to consider if you are in some sort of tech industry as well because mm. it changes really quickly um so there's a lot of new questions people might be asking yeah <laughs> Yeah. And I think too, I think we would be kicking ourselves if we didn't say like, go look at your competitors, go look at your competitors and see what they're ranking for. And then see if there's any gaps. What are they missing that you could capitalize on? And odds are it's going to be those low volume keywords. And if they are, and um, they've kind of done what I've warned against where it's like just like this little thin little thing then um that's a great opportunity to say like hey they're actually getting um some visibility from this and we can write it way better (laughs) so we can give them more information um contextualize why our service and product um will be helpful in a more effective way so Mm -hmm. it's definitely a great opportunity all right everybody thanks for listening that's well, all we got on zero search volume keywords. Um, leave a comment if you've targeted these or if you have any other strategies that you'd be willing to share. I'm sure there could be a lively discussion in the in the comment section. So if you enjoyed listening to this episode or would like more content, please consider subscribing or visiting us at page1power.com. Bye.